0: This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock, guiding leaders to higher ground. Learn more at MarketplaceRock.com.
1: I, like I think a lot of other people in churches and Christian circles, when I hear that phrase eternal life, I key in on, and I think we all key in on, the adjective and not the noun we've forgotten that we've got to focus not only on the eternal part, which is the quantitative, but with the qualitative aspect, which is life. And when we talk about eternal life just as a synonym for heaven, we're missing out on some of the power of the gospel. The gospel is not just about getting me into heaven, but it's getting life back into my humanity in a God-glorifying way.
0: Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, Matt Hurd. We had Matt on originally on episode number one to talk about his book, Life with a Capital L, and we decided to bring him back on once we saw that a DVD curriculum for that book has just been released. That first episode was one of our most downloaded episodes, and I'm confident that this one will be highly downloaded as well. So here's how my partner, John Ramstead and I got this conversation started on this edition of Eternal Leadership.
2: All right, Steve, today on the Eternal Leadership podcast, we have a fantastic guest, yes. uh, Matt Hurd. Welcome back to the program.
1: Great to be here. Thank you.
2: Now, Matt, you were our guest in episode 001. You were the person that we were, we were out of the gates with. Um, it is our most listened to episode. Uh, it's been listened to now in uh, 81 countries around the world. Even a year later, we, we continue uh, to just get consistent feedback of just how equipping that conversation with you was. So just first of all, just thank you for who you are, what you're doing, and for, and for being our first guest.
1: Oh, you are welcome, boy. That's that's amazing. Eighty-one countries. I had no idea my mother was that gifted in technology to be able to mask, uh, you know, her feedback through all, you know, channel it through all of those countries. And uh, so, my mom is my big fan. So,
0: <laughs> well, well, I, I I think both John and I have heard from a number of listeners that your episode was really one of the most impactful that anyone uh, out of all the guests that we've had on in the past, because life with a capital L really,
2: if it, 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 you feel that in your spirit, when, when, you, when you hear that title. So I want to pull out a quote from our first interview. I went back and listened to it. Um, and We have it on the website. Uh, but this is what you said, Matt. And I think this so resonates with people is we all desire more than just the endurance of our daily routines. But often we feel limited, we feel stuck and it's as if we're merely existing instead of living, and that's not the way it was supposed to be. God intends the humanity in each of us to be deeply experienced, lavishly enjoyed, exuberantly celebrated. In fact, this is what the gospel is all about, and our whole conversation uh, a year ago, Matt, was really two things, you know, how to live that life of significance uh, and just how to live a life fully alive, and I know we spoke a lot about you know where that came from in John ten ten, right? The the thief comes yep. to steal and and kill and destroy, but I have come talking about Christ, that they may have life and have it to the full. And the feedback that we get from the audience often, and, and Steve and I have been blessed to just have conversations with so many of our listeners out there. And it's what they talk about. They want to connect to their personal why, uh, or maybe a, you know a calling, a purpose. Uh, but a lot of people just feel empty. Uh, they're not satisfied They're They have a level of discontent and they're definitely seeking to live that life fully alive. And, you know, as, in the last year, Matt, if you've been out uh, since this book has been out, uh, I know that you've been working in the business communities and ministries, you know, just sharing about how to get there, what that looks like. And I'd like love to just have a conversation with you today about what you've learned, what you've noticed as you've worked with men and women as they've been going through this process? Where, where have, you know, what are some of the success stories? Where have people, you know, maybe really struggled in just finding some clarity on that journey? So, um, you know, a, a, as, you, as you think about that, Matt, what are just some of the first thoughts that come to mind? Maybe you could even just share some of your experiences over the last year.
1: Sure, sure. Well, again, it, it's 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 very cool to circle back around a year later and just hear how you guys are doing. And I'm so grateful for the the tool that this podcast is. And uh, it's good to be back. And to, just to answer your your question regarding the past year and some of the specific responses, I, I you know I've gotten a number from uh, you know in churches and in in business gatherings of you know Christian businessmen and women and so forth where the it's like the, the aha is that the gospel is so much more far-reaching uh, in terms of their daily lives than they were originally thinking. You know, so often we, we if we grow up in a church context, we're growing up, you know, obviously engaging with, with the, the, the lordship of Christ and uh, the forgiveness of sins and the assurance of heaven. But it's that daily unpacking. Of the gospel, and uh, that we we tend to lose our momentum and our enthusiasm, as well as our our confidence about what that looks like, and uh, you know I I liken it to when Jesus says in John fourteen, "I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life." No one comes to the Father except by me. We've, we've, if we engage with that verse, we usually engage with it in the exclusivity in terms of, okay, Jesus is the way to God, which that, you know, that is what he's saying. And then we might engage with those first, uh, that first phrase, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But the way that I would frame it is I think we grow up in church contexts where we learn to engage with Jesus as way and truth, but not life. And meaning way is a type of behavior, you know, and that's important when we're following Christ. And but sometimes in our religious subcultures, we get in some weird legalistic environments. And obviously that's not healthy. But bottom line, you know, what do I do? What do I do and focusing on the right behavior? That's that's a big thing. Focusing on, you know, engaging with Jesus as as truth where doctrine is important, and absolutely doctrine is important, and biblical obedience is important. But he didn't say, hey, pick two out of three. He said, I'm the way, truth, and life. And if, if Jesus' as way and Jesus' as truth is not leading me to Jesus' as life, I'm, I'm truncating the gospel. And I've, 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 I've had people say, this is reframing what the gospel looks like in my life. In fact, I I had a woman, she and her husband, both. They came up to me after meeting in New York city, uh, a while back. And both of them were, in, uh, had teared up. They were in their, I'm guessing their seventies. And, uh, they've, you know, been in church their whole life. He's been very influential in the business community. And, uh, she's been great in philanthropy stuff, but they both looked at me and said, uh, I, I I think I get the gospel in a way I' never had before. I'm actually uh, looking forward to sharing this gospel with someone. i've uh, I've for so long have been hesitant to because I was a bit embarrassed by uh, how it sounded when I was talking about just ask Jesus to forgive you and you'll get to heaven. Even though that's true and beautiful, so many of the people in our business circles, they wonder, what's the implication now? And then all of a sudden, you talking about how this is calling us back to life, back to the life of the garden for which we were originally intended, is, is just reframing the gospel for me. You know, and I, when you said that, that personal why, that's how she framed it. This is our why that the gospel is calling us back to be who we were created to be in the garden.
0: Matt, uh, I, I guess growing up, so often when when we when I heard that scripture, way truth and life, I was always taught that life was eternal life and not necessarily this life because we were always taught, oh, life is hard, we're going to be persecuted, the end is soon, yada yada yada. Exactly. So so how, how specifically how. I, I explain that a little bit more about, about why this isn't just eternal life, but also life now, especially for people that are trapped
1: in that kind of mindset. Sure, sure. I mean, it's a, uh, and, and this is something that had a slow burn for me over the years. And so it, it, because I like, I think a lot of other people in churches and Christian circles, when I hear that phrase eternal life, I key in on, and I think we all key in on the adjective and not the noun. You know, I didn't learn much in, in grammar in, in high school English, but I did learn the difference between adjective and a noun. And, you know, the noun life, the adjective eternal, we key in on the eternal. By the way, sidebar, I got a I got an, uh This was after long after we had our podcast. I actually got an email out of the blue from my high school uh, English teacher. And I haven't heard from her in you a quarter of a century saying that she her first line was, I got your book. And I had this freak out moment of good grief, my high school (laughs) English teacher. But I mean, her daughter's been involved, uh, you know, with the Atlanta Constitution and so forth. But she spoke very positively how it had impacted her. But going back to the the noun adjective, we've we've. Forgotten that we've got to focus not only on the eternal part, which is the quantitative, but the qualitative aspect, which is life, and where Jesus, you know, over and over you see the present tense aspect of this eternal life talked about. John five twenty four would be one of the big ones where Jesus, he says, "I tell you the truth, he he whoever believes him who sent me has eternal life, and he won't be judged, but has crossed over from death to life." So it's something that happens immediately upon conversion. And when we uh, t- talk about eternal life just as a synonym for heaven, we're missing out on some of the power of the gospel. The gospel's not just about getting me into heaven, but it's getting life back into my humanity in a God glorifying way. That's what was, uh, you know, that was the big deal in the garden. Uh, When when Satan said in Genesis three, "You shall not surely die," you know God said, "Walk this path, and don't you know step aside." And He wasn't doing that in arbitrary. Hey, let me come up with some weird rules. He was saying, "I've created you to glorify Me as My image. Don't disobey. If you do, you'll die." And Satan comes along. What is at the core of his temptation? "You shall not surely die." So they rebelled did they die i you know i don't know if there's a dvd library in evan but i'll i'll pick it up if i if there is one day and i'll look at that episode where i think after they rebelled they probably looked at each other and had a an initial sigh of relief oh well, we didn't die our hearts still beating our lungs are still breathing but bottom line they had and so you see throughout Scripture, all the prophecies, you know, that is that prophecy in Ezekiel about the valley of dry bones where uh, this I'm going to put a new heart in you and I'll give you my spirit and you're going to live. Uh, that's a messianic prophecy. So when Jesus says that verse that we've been talking about in John 10, 10, and also in John 14, 6, I've come that you might have life. That's in direct juxtaposition to the curse from uh, the garden in which we're all dead men and women walking. And he says, I want to return you to a present tense experience of this, not just quantitative eternal forever, but qualitative life now. And I, I think the difference between eternal life and heaven is that it, eternal life is undiluted in heaven. You know, we're no longer hampered by a fallen body and a fallen world. But but we can taste that eternal life now, not perfectly, but in a daily way, learning that it's not just heart breathing, heart beating and lung breathing, but it's having my humanity awakened to what it was supposed to be in the first place.
2: Well, Matt, that's a great point. I'd love for you to expand on that for people listening. You know, you're talking about having that full life now, you know, in the present as we're here on the earth, living, breathing in the relationships that we're in. What does that really look like?
1: Well, I, you know so much of it is is related to me understanding my personal why, and that i 'm not just been given some as you know i've I, early in my journey heard the phrase "fire insurance, you know you trust Jesus, get your fire insurance and out of hell into heaven it 's not just about that it is about me being restored into a god glorifying trajectory in the way that i Yes, the way that I I relate with him, which is the centerpiece. You know, in John 17, Jesus says, and this is eternal life that they may know you. So... This, this eternal life has everything to do with about me being restored in relationship. But so I'm relating with God in the midst of, yes, my church life, in the midst of my, in my quiet times. Yes. But also in the midst of my, my family life, my client meetings, my strategic planning, my recreation, the way that I, I, I cheer at a ball game or engage uh, at a funeral that, that relationship with God, that eternal life quality impacting each of those in their own way. And so uh, in, in, in a very practical way, um, I'm here I use the phrase cheering at a ball game. When I have my humanity restored before God, all of a sudden I don't have to rely on whether the Broncos win or lose or the Cubs win or lose, thankfully, uh, for, for my ultimate fulfillment. I can engage with those things for the gifts that they are. I'm not needing to re- to rely on the amount of money in my bank account or the 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 title that's on my business card for my ultimate fulfillment as a human being. Therefore, as i'm going to god for what only he can give me i can engage with my my work i can engage with my family my marriage i don't have to uh, get my spouse to provide for me for what only god can because she'll never be able to or he'll never be able to so i'm i'm all of a sudden set free basically to be human and that whole uh, i think it was janet hadberg who talked about we've We've learned the art of dying without knowing it, you know, and, and we're all we've all learned to go through life with that muted sense of, OK, what what is my purpose? And we we tie it to just very temporal things. All of a sudden, I'm invited into a larger story and a, a return to what I was originally meant uh, for in the first place. Is that answering your question or f- follow up with a come back? with? A no, that up, helps Steve. because
2: what I'm thinking is, you know, as you've worked with so many people and had uh, many conversations, you know, what are some of the biggest things that hold people back from, you know, really understanding that why you talked about it? It's kind of muted. It's in the background, right? Or really feeling like they're living fully alive. You know, what holds people back or stands in their way?
1: Well, I think some of it we get so bound up in uh, being reactive to our to-do lists on a daily basis that we forget to climb back up in the press box and say, what is the overall picture? What role does today have in in the larger story. And you know, there's some people that will do that, but they do that without the gospel. And as a result, it's still short-sighted. So the, the yeah, you know, the, the holding back definitely is sin, you know, when I rebel against God, but the biggest issue about my sin is is not that I'm breaking a rule, but that it that I'm 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 disobeying God and that my sin, the biggest consequence for me personally is it dehumanizes me. Usually when we sin, we're thinking, this will fulfill me more. But I start watching out and realizing, you know what, when I rebel against God, it's not going to fulfill me more. It will make me less human than what I'm intended for. So I start paying attention more to the bigger picture of issues of sin and redemption and realizing it's not just about uh, me being redeemed from my sin, but it's about me being restored to what I was originally created for.
2: You know, something uh, I'm just thinking about as you're talking, you know, sometimes life can just be really hard. You know, Steve alluded to it in the beginning, but, you know, it's reality that, you know, you know, marriages, uh, you know, businesses, economic times, you know, challenges with our children. What are your thoughts on, you know, as we go through life and we just live life with just everything that life holds, how do you do that when, when it feels really hard? But you have this desire to be fully alive in that relationship, because sometimes it it seems to me like those can can uh, detract from each other. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: I think we uh, forget that even the suffering and even the difficulty uh, is part of even of, of life with a capital L. Life with a capital L. Me embracing this this God given humanity means that I'm engaging with both the the lows and the highs. I'm not just trying to navigate around all the lows and avoid them and live in a bubble. Jesus says in John 16, he says in this world, verse 33 I think it is, he says in this world you will have trouble. I'm I'm not sure what's difficult to understand about that, but, but we tend to try to think, okay, if I really get the secret here, to, to the gospel, to following Jesus, to, as I'm referring to it as Life of the Capital L, I, I won't have trouble any longer. That is not assured to us until the new heaven and the new earth. But what is it given to me is that I enter into a sense of stewardship regarding the tough stuff in my journey and realizing, you know what, this this is... Actually, and it, it's it's enabling me to engage with this life with a capital L with my full humanity, uh, better than I could otherwise. It's it's because it's God redeeming some of those ashes. Uh, last night, my wife and I w- watched uh, the the movie uh, Inside Out, and it's a, a very creative piece about what's going on in, in the head, particularly of a, of, of a small girl. But it's this whole notion that you, you don't need just the happy uh, character at the control center within your humanity, but you need all elements. Even the sadness plays a role in, in making us who we are. And uh, our problem, I think, is we, we look at the, the, the difficult stuff in our journey, the broken things that happen and we try to toughen up in their presence and stiff arm them instead of steward them and as a result we become wounded instead of uh, broken in a healthy sense it's, you know, in the, like a horse is broken and brokenness is a beautiful thing woundedness is a very very poisonous thing both come from the same source, uh, source and that's those broken experiences in our lives those difficult things in our lives we cannot avoid those he says in this world you will have trouble the difference is how do we respond do we respond with a posture of brokenness or woundedness Sti- do we respond stiff arming it and re- resulting in woundedness? Or do we respond as stewards, learning from it, letting God shape us uh, and make us even more fully alive through the difficulty?
2: Well, you're talking about a different perspective there. And I know one of the chapters of your book that I enjoyed was, you know, Turn Off the Dark. And you're talking about the perspective of almost, you know, shifting, I like how you said that, from woundedness to brokenness. If, if that somebody... If that is an area somebody who's listening to is struggling with, Matt, what what are some things they can do to just shift that perspective to start getting things aligned in, in who they are with that life with a capital L?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I would liken it to the um, a drop of, of of water, the proverbial drop of water on the window pane. You know, we can get caught up in thinking the way I'm going to really experience life is uh, having the least amount of hardship and trouble. Now, not, And I'm not referring to reversion that and going down this ascetic path and saying, hey, it hurts so good, you know, I'm, and pursuing difficult things. We don't have to pursue them. They come to us. But our problem so often is, if we start living our lives in the, uh, uh, kind of the avoidance of dis-ease, if that becomes my personal why, to get away from difficulty, I lose sight of my ultimate calling, and I start doing just what that 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 uh, drop of water on a window pane uh, has—is this path of least resistance. And instead of there being a focus to my journey, and where I've my my the. the you know, the, that turning off the dark, the illumination where God lights up the path ahead of me and I walk that path. I instead want to walk the easiest path. And so and sometimes we think, oh, well, the path that God has for me is the easiest path. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, not until the new heaven and the new earth. He says, I'm calling you to take this particular route. No, you don't like uh, it, it, it the, uh, the, the path won't be pleasant, but as a friend of mine, Ray Vanderlaan, uh, t- taught me years ago, so often we're asking God to give us uh, a path that would fit our feet. And he says, no, let me give you feet that would fit the path. Let me shape you in such a way that you'll be able to grow through this experience. And let me illumine through my word how to navigate that
2: you know as you're talking i'm just thinking about you, you know you know about my accident and the it was the the recovery was terribly difficult terribly painful and but what god spoke to me at the accident uh was from romans 828 that all things work together for good for those that love the lord for those that were called according to his purpose yeah and as i went through that and i and i could not see any sense in some of the difficulties and the challenges and the pain Um, and, and, you know, what had happened in my life. Uh, but what it really was, what it forced me to do was just reach out and develop intentionally this, this personal relationship, this trust that in what I'm going through, uh, from God's perspective, truly, it all comes together in a way that really has meaning, meaning that I might never know, or I might not see for years to come. Um, and I think all relationships are really, Built on that vulnerability, that transparency, that trust, and I think um, that that 's what i 'm hearing from what you're talking yeah. about to really to really to live that full life here on this earth while we 're alive it really is it flows from that the nature you know how we view God and that relationship we have with Christ. Uh, right now, before we lay, wait until, you know, we're in the pearly gates. Exactly. And, you know, would you
1: say that you experience more of the life of Christ, you know, this eternal life as a result of that experience? Would you and, and it could be that you're not to that point yet. So I'm putting you on the spot. But uh, in terms of were you as a result of that hardship, uh, t- having to taste more deeply this life of Christ, being forced to a deeper place.
2: Um. Yes, it forced me in each moment as we, uh, you know, there are sometimes honestly just trying to get through like the next five minutes. Matt was. Yeah. Um. I. I just had to focus. For me, it was just having a little ember of hope, a little teeny flicker to hold onto, that there was a reason and there was a purpose behind this. Because you're. Because when you get into the area of being wounded you know, being a victim of life mm-hmm. or circumstances. And that is an area that you dwell on. We we were just watching a movie. Um it was called Tomorrowland. And but I love this part of this movie. And she was talking about, you know, there's there's two wolves fighting. One is darkness and sorrow and despair. And the other wolf is, you know, let's just call it, you know, this full life, this life fully alive, these great relationships. And these two wolves are are fighting with each other. And, you know, which wolf wins the fight? Uh, and the answer to that question was, it's the wolf that you feed. And I had to choose daily to feed in my mind the area that led to, to hope, to relationship, to trust, to faith. Because, you know, going through this journey, I've been able to, you know, just from my accident, uh, you know, meet and talk to a lot of people that, um, uh, have gone through very similar, very tragic, you know, physical accidents, cancer. Uh, I've just been able to talk to a lot of people. And the ones that focus on that wounded area, being a victim, uh, the negative that's going on in their life, they were in a place in their mind and their life that just scared me. And I, and I didn't want to go there. Uh, and I knew that the way to avoid that was every day I had to make an intentional choice to trust Uh, to love God, uh, to to just realize that, you know, God had my back. I started looking at my relationship with Christ the way that I, I, you know, I've been married to Donna, who's amazing. We've been married 26 years, and she's my everything. She's my rock. She's my foundation. She's the person I can talk to. I can share my doubts and my fears with. We just have this, uh, um, you know, we've had our ups and downs. There's no doubt about it. But if I could have that kind of relationship, with Christ I started thinking is that really in marriage is that what he was modeling when he gave us that gift the kind of relationship that he wanted to have with us personally exactly
1: and so as you're the, the hearing that notion of we all have broken experiences we have to deal with. The difference is how we respond in one way. One response leads to woundedness that brings all the poison bitterness, but the other response leads to brokenness that can actually be a pathway to deeper life. You just, you just describe that in a personal experience. I'm guessing that makes tons of sense to you.
2: It, it does to me. Now, I know that in the last year um... – you have really put a lot of work in creating some resources, some tools that, that, you know, groups of men and women, church groups, business groups can actually take a lot of these things that we're talking about. And we've honestly just had time to touch on a few and just really walk through this. Can you share a little bit about how you develop that and, if somebody, and, and how somebody could really use that to bring everything that we're talking about in, or into reality in their life?
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean it's um, it's it's called a participants guide. So it's a basically a small group discussion guide that companions the book, and um, we actually have some relationships and Orlando, some folks that we've known many years. We were in a small group together. 20 years ago and now that I'm back there quite a bit in my travels we have started getting back together again and they said we want to go through the book and so we're actually doing it we're going through the participants guide and so what I did with that is tried to, to, to synthesize uh, the, the book into 12 uh, sessions you can combine them two at a time but I, it, I think it's better to do them one at a time but that takes longer to get through it and each session Is, uh, kind of, um, constructed around a key resolution statement, you know, and it's following the book. The first three sessions in the, in the, the participants guide take the book two chapters at a time. And then after that, it's one chapter per small group session. But it's just very simple, short statements. And as we're talking about the, the, the issue of brokenness, you know, this, the, the resolution statement for that one is, I resolve to steward my pain. And, you know, what does that look like? Or I, I resolve to seize the life from my days. Or I resolve to live life while I'm live to realize life while I'm living and things like that. And there's a DVD uh, companion to that where I'd give about a seven to nine minute introduction. To the session, so a group can of of guys or or, or or women or men and women couples can get together. They've they've read the chapter uh, in the book, and then they look at the participants, guys. So they come in, and you have the seven to nine minute uh, video from me. I'm in different locations, but it's kind of just summarizing that particular session. And then what follows is a number of study questions, scriptures to look at, just to start digging a little deeper and to uh, finish with that resolution statement to say, I resolve to fight for my heart. I resolve to turn off the dark in my journey. So that's the background of it. And people are I I think life is best lived in the context of community life with a capital L, but also think it's best explored that way as well. You all of a sudden even as you and I are talking and I'm hearing you you guys in your hearts and what's, what's going on, I'm gaining new insights onto what this this full uh, life with a capital L looks like because it's unpacked in the context of, of community.
2: Hmm. Well, I think that's such a great point, unpacked with community. Um, you know, if I look back over the last uh, number of years as I've gone through this journey, Matt, it's absolutely been the times when I'm in our men's group with my friends, just the conversations Steve and I have had, conversations I've had with my coach that has honestly gotten me to where I am now. Could I have gotten there on my own? Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Let's just, Let's just say for sake of argument, yes. But I think being in community accelerates that journey as you're with like-minded people that are You know, having good days and having bad days, try things that work, they have their failures, and you have people that you can just share those with because that learning from other people as they move forward or they struggle, uh, it's only going to just help you out because you know what, it's great to know that you're not in it alone. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I was with a, a group of men, businessmen, just last week, who are going through the book, and they, they invited me. I was in their, their city, and uh, they said, would you join us for this particular morning? It was, uh, I was in town already anyway, and I said, sure. And as I sat there, and they asked me some questions about the particular session they were on, uh, that, that came up at least two or three times, where guys were saying, this is, uh, this is, time with these other guys. To, I'm figuring out this life with a capital L so much more uh, quickly, even though it's, it's, it's not an instantaneous thing. It's a lifelong journey. But I think what they were meaning is, as uh, I'm hearing this guy to my right and left unpack this in his situation, it helps me to understand how I can unpack it in mine.
2: Yeah, you know, sometimes it's just, uh, it's, uh, what do they call it, being unconsciously incompetent. It's, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and you hear somebody else share something verbally, and all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've been struggling with, and I could just never verbalize it or put my finger on it. And and then you just have this huge aha moment just right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, Christianity, following Christ, life with a capital L probably is uh, uh, is is best understood when we realize it's personal, but it's not private. And it's immensely personal, but if I try to privatize it, then all of a sudden it loses the impact because... Jesus is calling us all into this new humanity, this restored humanity. Uh, and all of a sudden, that's what we've got in common with each other. As the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in, the, th- th- in us through our relationship with Jesus. And now all of a sudden, and that's even some of what's happening here with Matt and John and Steve, in engaging together and tasting something corporately that we probably wouldn't taste uh, we would definitely not taste privately, and but it makes it even more deeply personal because we're we're t- uh, engaging with each other along the way. Mm-hmm.
2: Totally agree. Um, now, Matt, how can people find you, uh, get in touch with you, learn more about the book and the participant guide going through this as a small group?
1: Sure. Probably the best way is just go to my website, mattherd.org uh, and mattherd.org. And there's information about the book on there. There's a way to contact me, uh, matt at mattherd.org. Uh, and that's H-E-A-R-D. Uh, yep. M-A-T-T-H-E-A-R-D dot O-R-G.
2: Now, as people have been listening to this conversation for the last thirty five forty minutes and they've been driving in their car and I'm sure this has just sparked a lot of just some deep thought what are what are just some final things you'd just love to le- leave with people Matt
1: you know probably uh, the, the the notion and I talk about this some in a chapter on time in the book, but uh, with High capacity, high caliber, uh, fast paced leaders so often uh, we get into this procrastination mode when it comes to the real important things in our journey. You know, And I, was it John Lennon who said uh, life's what happens when you're making other plans. So we're always saying, hey, yeah, OK, this sounds good and I'll get to it. And I think every one of the listeners, but also including me, we would all say, okay, when I get to the end of my life, I would love for my life to be characterized by this life with a capital L, this this vibrant humanity that glorifies God and fulfills me. And so we say, that's how I want my life to turn out. But we don't do what I refer to as just simple life math. It's not complicated, but it it can change the trajectory of my days when I start saying, you know what? What I'm wanting my life to be is not resembled in how I'm living each individual day. And all my life is though, to do the life math, is the sum total of the cumulative impact of my days. All my lifetime is is all my different days added to each other, and so often we're saying, "I want my life to turn out in this particular way," but our individual days don't even don't don't resemble that at all. And you add all of those days up; they're not going <laughs> to resemble the life. It's like you know. Uh, uh, a great wine, you don't, get into, you don't put a bunch of bad grapes together and something beautiful happens from it. All that is is the, the, the sum total. It's the cumulative impact. And so so often we overestimate what, can, um, what, what we should be able to do today and we, we underestimate what the sum total can be over the course of our life instead of just taking a bite-sized chunk today and living and breathing. And experiencing the grace of God in the way I do life today. So that would probably be my closing words is to remember life is to be lived daily.
2: Well, Matt, uh, you know, as you spoke, I I think you just dropped a huge value bomb uh, for me, you know, to, to live that life fully alive, which sounds like such a big grandeur aspirational goal but let's just back it up you know what it's simply about is living each day fully living each day alive and just to get into a community be with a group of like-minded people that can just help you just make those small decisions that add up to laying down at night putting your head on the pillow and say you know what today was better than yesterday Um, you know today was hard but I still you know what I have a level of joy uh, because of how who I was today uh, that was different than yesterday. And so it's just all these first steps, these small steps in this journey that lead us to this great place. It's not just about leaping over this huge chasm from the life we have today to this extraordinary life. It's what you talked about. It's just guiding your feet on the path to get there. And that's a those are small daily decisions. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Awesome. Matt, well, thank you for your time. Uh, we need to have you on again sooner than a year from now, because <laughs> I love I love what you have to share, and I sure appreciate you, pal.
1: Well, John, I, I'm just grateful for what you guys are doing and for the, the voice uh, that you are stewarding in so many of our lives. So thanks to both of you for, for this podcast, but even bigger than that for what eternal leadership is doing in people's lives. Thanks.
0: If you'd like to learn more about Matt, his book, Life with a Capital L, that DVD curriculum or more, just go to eternalleadership.com slash one zero one. That's eternalleadership.com slash one zero one. As I said at the top, this edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Marketplace Rock. Is there something that feels like it's blocking your business? The team at Marketplace Rock partners with you in unearthing those things that could be holding you back through intercessory prayer, John and I can't recommend the team at Marketplace Rock highly enough. In fact, our phone calls with them are the highlight of our week. Visit them online, MarketplaceRock.com, or listen to either of Amy Everett's past interviews with us, episodes four and sixty-six. MarketplaceRock.com. Next time on Eternal Leadership, Darren Shearer. One day I was leaving the airport's base on my way out to go and and serve in my local church and do all these different things. And God said, this Air Force base is where I've called you to serve me. And from that day forward, God began to help me understand his heart for the marketplace. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.